You're listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show on 96.7 FM KBBE or at midkansasonline.com. This is your chance to hear from the McPherson College coaches and student athletes each week during the sports year. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Welcome into our McPherson College Coaches Show, our final Coaches Show before we hit the Thanksgiving break, and then our format will change just a little bit once we get after Thanksgiving, and it becomes pretty much a basketball-only Coaches Show. I'm Jim Joyner, and this man to my left is Steve Sell. Steve, we have made it through almost the entire fall sports grind. Well, now we have made it through the right, fall sports grind as football and volleyball came to an end last week, and I guess you and I are officially into winter sports mode. Yeah, and, and you look at, back at the fall season – uh, you look at football, uh, great improvement there. They finish in a tie for fifth uh, with two other teams, and those are teams they beat. So to me, that makes them, the, you know, the fifth-place team. Volleyball, I believe, was uh, fifth. They upset the number four team in the postseason tournament. Um, ended up right, you know, had a good year, winning record across uh, country, had a solid season. Uh, and uh, you look at the soccer teams, uh, Coach Quinn's team, always very competitive. I think they were fifth out of 13 teams. Coach Olson's team made a late run. They were sixth. So you look at those teams, everybody was pretty much in the upper half of the KCAC in every sport. Well, that's a good sign, and it was a very fun fall, and all those programs will continue to build. And, Steve, as we turn to basketball mode, we got to see both teams play two very competitive games last week, going up to Bethany and taking on the Swedes. Both teams had great chances to win those games. And then coming home and sweeping Tabor, really good week for those two well, teams. Well, anytime you can sweep Tabor uh, with the programs they have, that is a very impressive week. And, and the games at Bethany, you look at those, the women were up 10 with eight minutes to go and just uh, kind of ran out of gas in that game. And then the men were tied with four minutes to go, and then Bethany had a little bit of a run, hit a – uh, a couple really tough shots uh, toward the end of the shot clock uh, to win that game. But I thought, you know, they didn't hang their heads after those games on Wednesday. They came back and, and really played well. The men with 56 points in the second half. And, and you know, both MAC teams, they did not want to start conference play 0-2, even though there's 24 games in the conference schedule. You don't want to get too far, far behind at the outset, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, you got to make up some ground. But you look at a team like uh, Southwestern on the men's side, uh, the team finished second in the conference, won the tournament last year. They started 0-2. So, you know, uh, you just don't want to fall too far behind. Steve, we've got a busy show tonight. No Coach Fiscus for a football recap because they have already hit the road recruiting. Yeah, that's great, and that's great. I, I got, I'm really excited to see what he does in his first full year of recruiting. You know, he, he, wasn't, you know, he wasn't around last fall. Uh, he came in, you know, around December. And, and look at how many kids they brought in last year. So with a full year under his belt, his staff is, you know, hungry. They're young. They're energetic. They're going to go out and they're going to get some players and, and Bulldogs can move up a little bit in the standings. You know, they played some uh, really, you know, good teams, really tough. Uh, Sterling and Bethel both uh, finished in, in, in Avila. Those three teams tied for second. The Bulldogs, all three of those games, they were within 10 points, uh, single digits in those games. Uh, they lost those games. And then KW was kind of a class by themselves, but everybody else, uh, I think the one game that was probably really hard to take, uh, I wouldn't say the Langston game because they came from way back, but the Bethany game's a game I think Coach Fiscus will tell you that's one they felt like the getaway. And if they just win the Langston game or the Bethany game, 
they end up with a winning record. That's right. We also have interviews coming up on this show with Ashley Annis, cheer coach here for the Bulldogs, as well as Fred Watson, Brittany Roberts, two players that have not only been scoring machines, but rebounding yeah, machines. Yeah, two Texans, and they've really uh, been fantastic here at the start. Uh, they've been top ten players in the conference. We'll, we'll get things going here, and without further ado, here's volleyball coach Corey Cahill. Opening up our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight, we're joined by volleyball coach Corey Cahill after their season came to an end in the KCAC Championships last weekend. A couple of wins in the opening day to improve to and get to Saturday in the semifinals before losing to St. Mary, the eventual conference champion and the regular season champion. Coach Cahill, it sounded like it was a great day for your team on Friday over in Hutchinson. A couple of nice wins. One, you had to make it a little more difficult against York in a 3-2 win, winning that one down the stretch in the fifth set, and then a 3-0 sweep over Kansas Wesleyan. Good day on Friday, and then, and really good weekend overall. Yeah, I mean, you know, we went into the end of the weekend knowing that it was going to be a tough weekend, that we had to win four matches to to go on and move on with our season, and, and we were prepped for it and we were ready for it, and, you know, York came to play. I mean, they played probably the best volleyball of their entire season in that match. I mean, they were really impressive. They really, you know, pressured us a lot in pretty much every area. I mean, they, they came to play, no doubt. And so that was a great win for us to come out on top in the fifth set. And then going into the K-Dub match, I mean, you know, it was a team that we'd beaten in the regular season. We knew that we had um, a game plan going into it, and we executed it and came out with a 3-0 sweep, and it was great. And sometimes when you play a team like York, 5-25, uh, and 25, I think, coming in, uh, it's it's the match you're expected to win, and sometimes those are the hardest ones to win because you just feel like, you know, you know, it, it's there. You got to win it and go on to the next one. Yeah, no matter how much I tell the girls, you know, it's every match, and you'll we look at every match one at a time. I mean, it's one thing to, to say it; it's another thing to do it. And mentally, you're always going to be looking at a team that's five and twenty-five and going, "Oh, I think we got this." And I think that they really surprised us right out of the gate. And it was kind of that shock of, oh, man, they're, they're coming to play. Um, and so we needed to step up our game, and we did, and, and we took care of business. So that was great. Did it help your team's confidence and maybe some extra momentum going into this offseason that you were able to win a couple of games at the KCAC tournament, make your way to that second day, be playing in the semifinals on Saturday? Do you think that helps give this team a little confidence going forward? Yeah, I think that going forward, like we know what we have. And now that the system's in place, I think a foundation has been laid, and I think that we're ready to build upon that. I mean, you know, the way that we all looked at it, you know, going through some of our individual meetings, it's just the fact that, you know, we battled. We, we, overcame a lot of adversity, especially late in the season. Um, you know, losing Maddie Woog and, and Alicia Hall really, I mean, barely could lift her arm by the end of the end of our last match. I mean, she was really hurting, but wanting to finish out her career. And it was one of those things that we just really battled through adversity and we kept going and going and going. And we realized that we have a lot more to give um, going into next year and we're going to surprise a lot of people. Well, you lose some really talented seniors. Uh, been with the, Some of them been with the program for a while. I think would you have five seniors? Is that correct? Five seniors. So uh, obviously you got some, you know, people to replace. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Jamie Cease is going to be a big one, and and I think that we have some girls in the program currently um, that really made some huge strides. I mean, Revan Bradbury um, has really turned it on the back half of the season. I mean, she was statistically. I mean, right there with Jamie almost every match. I mean, there were some matches where she was even better than Jamie, and then there were some matches that Jamie was better than her. But as a three-rotation DS, um, Revan just improved dramatically, and I think that her ability is only going to continue to improve over the course of a spring season, so I'm excited for that. 
Um, and then we have a libero coming in that's also very talented and, and Delaney List returning and Jules Yanez returning um, that I think will all compete for that role and compete to be on the court. Um, so we'll be in a really good situation moving forward, I think. And then, you know, with Alicia Hall, she stepped up huge and she played, you know, maybe the best season of her entire life. Um, earned second team all conference. I mean, did some incredible things. Um, so those will be big shoes to fill. Bree Wallace did some great things over the course of her career um, and was a leader. And, and, you know, so she'll be tough to replace as well. Liz Williams um, and Kate Hines. And Kate Hines had, you know, she averaged more assists per set this year than she did at any point in her career. Um, and so that was great. There was definite improvement there. I mean, Jamie Cease even, she broke every single statistical category that she had last year's libero of the year um, and she was a second teamer this year but every statistical category she was higher than this year other than accumulative digs but that was based on not playing as many sets so I mean we saw some huge improvements from our senior class but really from our entire program that's just really exciting that was another thing I wanted to talk about you wrap up your number one here in McPherson what are some of your takeaways from year number one and some other things going forward with the group that you have coming back? Yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway is the fact that I think that we as a staff and as a program have really laid a really solid foundation. Um, you know, we put in place new systems, new ideas, new coaching. I mean, everything, a lot of things that they'd never been exposed to. Um, and they responded exceptionally well. I mean, there was some, like I said, a lot of adversity this year. A lot of things didn't go our way, but then we also had some really great moments as well. And so I think that moving forward, I think the thing to take away from is the fact that, one, this group that I have returning, I mean, there's no, there's nothing in them but fight. I mean, they're going to fight to the end. They're going to battle. It's gonna, we're going to be a hard team to beat no matter, no matter the night. Um, and so that's one of those things where I'm really excited to not only have this group coming back, but then having a group coming in that I feel is extremely talented and can really complement what we have returning. And I would think one uh, area that you'd like to get better at for next year, just be bigger. You're, you're a little undersized by uh, KCAC standards. It seems like everyone's got a 6'1", 6'2", up there. And you're, I think your tallest was like 5'10". Yep. May, I don't know if you had any six-footers or not, but uh, – you were a little undersized against the teams you played, but you made up for it in other ways. Yeah. I mean, for me, size is – it's a number. I mean, you know, having a big six-footer would be great. But for me, I want to – I just want to find the best volleyball players. Um, you know, my recruiting class, you know, are not big. I mean, we're not big. We have – our tallest kid in my recruiting class, I think, is 5'9". But, man, oh, man, are we athletic. I mean, the recruiting class coming in is, is just pure athletes. Um, you know, we have a setter coming in that – is like a Riley Bradbury, but a setter. Um, so just an explosive athlete, but a setter. And we have another setter coming in that's a 5'9", pushing 5'10", and very athletic. Um, we have some outsides coming in that are very dynamic, very explosive, have big arms, and they're, I mean, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but, man, can they swing at a ball. Is it a, um, is it a mix of high school kids and JUCOs? Or we all just, high school, straight okay. freshmen this okay. year. Are you going to try to – Get any junior college kids at all? Um, I, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at seeing maybe maybe pulling one or two, maybe pulling one this spring. We'll see. Um, you know, my focus, I think, for the long-term success of, of the program, I want to really build from the ground up, and I want to build some success and have an influx of freshmen that we can kind of build around over the course of the next four years. Um, and, you know, the talent that I have coming in in the freshman class is bar none, some of the best talent I've ever recruited as a freshman class at this level. Um, so that's what's really exciting. 
well, you've alluded to this to this recruiting class a ton. Are you ahead of the schedule here for most college volleyball teams in terms of recruiting, or are you behind, or is this just about average to where your recruiting class is pretty much done when the season ends? For this level, I'm probably for the most part ahead of schedule. Um, I'm behind the ball as far as like the top level D1s, D2s are, are ahead of the schedule. Well, they're for me. picking they're, them out at, at about oh, yeah. 14 years old. They're way they're way ahead. But for this level, yeah, I'd say that I'm I'm ahead of schedule slash right on the money um, for some. So um, my seven that I had committed prior to the season starting, that was the most I've ever had committed at that point. So um, that was a that was a big deal, getting kind of a core group completed by the start of our season where I didn't have to worry about recruiting during season. It was just focusing on the team, the program, and moving forward there and then kind of finishing up and, and buttoning things up for those seven. And then now that the season's ended, maybe looking for you know one, two, three more kids that could fit the puzzle um, and just make us that much better for next year. Well, what do the next couple of weeks look like for you and your team? Are you telling them to get away from the volleyball court for a couple of weeks and say, go sit down in your couch and and not play volleyball? Yeah, so a lot of, I mean, this week we're, we're doing individual meetings and just talking about things, how the season went, what we can do moving forward, talking about spring, um, goals, things like that. Um, a lot of the next couple of weeks for them is going to be rehab, making sure that we take care of our bodies, kind of rest, relax, just take care of ourselves, focus on academics, make sure we finish in a really good academic standing. Um, you know, we had 10 all-scholar athletes, um, so we want to continue that trend and hopefully raise that number. Um, so those are the things that we're talking about. And then for us as a staff, you know, looking at planning for the spring, planning things out, scheduling, those types of things, recruiting's big, um, some showcases at the end of, end of this semester, and then going into next semester, some big tournaments to go to. So kind of just knocking out some scheduling things, working on our schedule for next fall, that type of stuff. Well, Coach Cahill, congrats on a great first year. We'll hope that year two is even better. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Joining us now on our coaches' show is McPherson College cheer coach Ashley Annis. And this is an interesting interview for us because you guys aren't typically in the season, and I know it's coming up here for you guys, but what's the off-season and the preparation looking like for your championship events that are coming up, what, in, in January? Right, yep. It'll be our, – our championship will be in, um, in February. Okay. But, yeah. So what are, what are you guys doing in terms of preparing for that at this point? Right, so we really use football season and volleyball season as kind of our dry run, right? Like we're throwing stunts and that kind of thing. Um, but we've started our routine, and really we're breaking down – two and a half minutes into nine elements. So they have to hit all of those within that time. Um, so at this point, we're just kind of making sure they know those transitions um, and slowly adding in those skills. So it's not full-blown competition routine yet, but we're working towards that. We really um, kind of get to know the routine, and when we go to come back from Christmas break, it's all, you know, all in. So The sport has really kind of taken off the last couple of years. What is, you know, you have to go out and recruit. You're like uh, any of the other coaches here. But uh, when you go out and recruit, what kind of squad size uh, are you looking at or what's an ideal squad size? Well, I'll say this. Within, especially, you know, we compare a lot to the KCAC, right? right? Um, we are a large squad for the KCAC. We have, um, we're tied for the, the most athletes on our team this year. Um, and I shoot for the stars. I'd love to have a program of 25 for cheer because we can only have 20 on the mat. But with any, like any other sport, injuries happen, right? You want to have um, those backups. So we look to have 25 because it's a great size for game day. That is a huge element for us. Um, but competition-wise, you want to have, 
you know, those people. You don't you don't go and play a football game without a backup quarterback, right? right. So we want to have a backup quarterback when we have, you know, our routine. So Talk about your background. I know uh, you were at Tabor, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, talk about high school first and then Tabor and then what you've done, you know, is you've been a couple different places coaching. Yeah, so I, um, I started cheering when I was four and cheered all the way, competitive all the way through um, high school. And, and so having that background around, you know, Kansas competitive cheer at high school is kind of new as well. Um, but yeah, I cheered all through high school and then, and then came out to Tabor for four years. Um, and then I was over at Central Coaching and they were a non-competitive squad. Um, so really just looking to, to get into that competitive world. And when you were at Tabor, didn't you like serve as a coach while you were, you were, you were like an interim coach, even though you were like a senior or something like that. Yeah, my, my senior year, um, the first semester I was a student assistant. Um, but we, we had to sponsor basically. So she was there to make sure nobody got hurt. Um, but as far as game day and all of that, I, I ran the squad. So that was quite an experience to try and run it while you're cheering. So it was a, it was a great on the job training for your future. Absolutely. And, and I think that it allowed me to kind of make those mistakes in a very safe, um, area and you, and you learn from that. And I look back now and I'm like, wow, I would not do it like that. But you learn, you know, that's, that's part of being a young, I guess, coach. Yeah. When you're still in school. So. How many men do you look to incorporate into your teams in terms of the stunting and, and the actual competition? I know that for standing on the sidelines at games, you can have a few more, but how many would you prefer to have for competition? Yeah, so right now we have three, um, and we can have up to half the team. So if we have 20 on the mat, we can have up to 10 guys. Um, and I think there's definitely a benefit to that, right? Um, but I think the ultimate goal would to be having a program that is large enough that we can have an all-girl team and a co-ed team. For me, a true co-ed would be six guys um, and six girls to go along with them. So that's the ideal, and I think that's really realistic. Um, Kansas guys are really stepping up when it comes to cheerleading and and raising the level of their skills um, and knowing that it can take them into the college level. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what we're aiming for is about six to eight, you know, would be great. How do you go about recruiting? Um, do you- is it an internet thing, or do you go out to schools and watch, or is it basically social media or anything like that? Gosh, I, I yeah. don't know. It's really a combination of everything now. It's good to go to the football games um, because I'm a coach who I think competition and game day are just as important. I never want McPherson to lose that game day atmosphere, right, just because we have our own season. And so going to a football game or a basketball game and seeing a cheerleader in action, especially when they don't know you're there yet, um, is great because you see authentically how they are as a cheerleader. And then going to competitions like the Keisha competition this weekend um, is a great opportunity to see them in action on the mat. Um, The more competition experience someone has, the easier it is transitioning into a college program where we have a full season. That's not typical around here. Um, And so having six to nine, even 10 competitions a season is something they have to grow into. So yeah, that and then Instagram. The kids okay. love Instagram, and they post everything. I, I don't. Steve, <laughs> Steve loves I don't Instagram, do, too. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff, so it's way over my head. Yeah, they do. They will post. I mean, they basically post a full recruiting video on their Instagram at this point. Wow. So it's valuable to be able to find them, and they're more likely to message you back on Instagram than they are to maybe answer a phone call. It's just more casual for them. They're mm-hmm. used to it. So really kind of everything, just being really involved and getting it, getting to know them in person. But then, yeah, Instagram's huge. <laughs> so. I would think another element in terms of cheer recruiting that maybe would be different than football or basketball would maybe be on-campus recruiting. 
maybe a girl that's here to play volleyball or right. run track that cheered in high school right. and maybe wasn't even thinking about it and could see you guys compete for a year and say, okay, I could come back out. Do you get to do that very often? Yeah, there are those kids. I mean, it, it amazes me because of um, my mentality when I was in high school. I'm, I want to cheer. I want to cheer in college. But there are those kids, especially cheerleaders, who go, I'm just going to go to school. Or they are playing another sport that was maybe top priority for them in school. But yeah, so we do have a couple dual athletes. We even have a football player. Um, Iman McNeil is going to be That's on our team. Wow, Iman. Yeah, I mean, you uh, see And I'll tumble. bet he's very acrobatic. He is. You see him tumble at the end of football games, but he, he does a really good job. He has an all-star cheer background that who would have known that? Wow. Right? And so we do find those kids. Um, and they do a great job. You know, they bring a different element, a different mindset um, when they're in other athletics. So it brings a diversity to the team that I think is really great. Well, Coach Annis, once we get a little bit closer to competition season and once you get things rolling, we'll get you back on here. But we're glad to hear the update. Now Steve and I can go grab a pom-pom or two. Right. I, I think Steve would be not a very good competitive cheerleader, <laughs> but I think he would be good with the with the big megaphone I can on yell. the sideline. I can yell. We'll I think get, you could we'll do that. We'll get you out there maybe All the right. next game. All right. <laughs> Joining us now on our McPherson College Coaches Show is Bulldog men's basketball coach T.J. Eskildson after a one-and-one one week last week with a loss at Bethany by 8, 79-71, and then an 83-77 win over Tabor. Let's start with the Bethany game from last Wednesday, a game where your team, I thought, had it played at the right pace against the Bethany team that's been battling some injuries, but you had them sped up. They were turning over the basketball. They were running up and down the floor, and your guys – continue to just play at a really, really unbelievable level of, of hustle, athleticism, and you gave that Bethany team, who I think is a top three team in this conference right now, an incredible push last Wednesday. Yeah, um, I, I, like, like you said, I thought we had the game being played at our pace, which is was what we wanted. Um, unfortunately, we still, we still haven't shot the ball real well since, since, the, since the beginning of the year, so um, we need to start making some shots, but if we can keep speeding people up, keep them playing at our pace. Um, I think that that's to our advantage. Um, obviously, Bethany had some big guys that, um, that I don't think that they really wanted to play at that pace. And I thought it was it was awesome that our guys uh, were able and we were able to kind of impose our, our will on the game and, and try and get them to play our way. Uh, but um, we just need to start making some shots. So, um, and I think that will happen. I think we will start making some shots. But uh, I was I was really pleased with our effort against Bethany. We just couldn't couldn't get over the hump there at the end. But um, we we did a lot of good things in that game. Yeah, with four minutes to go, that game was tied, and then I think Bethany finished the game on something like a thirteen to seven run or something like that. Yeah. But uh, I liked how hard your guys never had any lulls in that game where they didn't play hard. I mean, they really battled and they were really into the game. And it just seems like the chemistry is really good with these guys right now. Yeah, we guys have bought into their roles. Um, they're, they're really – and they're buying into the way we want to play. And I think that that's, that's important. And that's, that's something that as you go throughout a year that you, you hope that you have guys that are bought into uh, what their roles are on the team. And um, I, I think our bench enthusiasm has been great. And that's something that we've really been, been harping on with our guys is that we need enthusiasm on the bench and just excitement um, about playing the game. And uh, I think that we have that right now. And we just need to continue it. Saturday night, Tabor came to town, obviously uh, kind of a rival because they're not too far away. They bring a great following uh, to their games. Uh, um, you guys and Tabor uh, throughout this decade have kind of been the two gold standard teams. McPherson College, of course, the first half of the decade was the dominant team. Friends, second half of the dec uh, decade, kind of the dominant team. But it was a very important game for you guys because, A, it was your home opener for conference, and, B, 
nobody wants to start 0-2 in the conference. You have to defend your home turf. Even though it's a 24-game schedule, which is just insane in my book, uh, you don't want to start 0-2. I mean, you can get back in it, but yeah. it's, it's a lot better being 1-1 and 0-2. Uh, you guys were down six points, 33-27 at the half, but then you really turn it up. You, you forced Tabor – uh, out of their comfort zone and scored, I believe, 56 points in the second half. Uh, exactly, and and we we talked about not wanting to go 0-2, and talked about defending our home floor, and and the teams that are going to be towards the top of the league are going to win their games at home, and that's something that's going to be really important is that we we try to win our home games and we defend our home floor. Um, I, I was kind of disappointed in our guys' energy level in the first half of the Tabor game, and I and I think part of that was we we gave so much effort in that Bethany game, and there was so much. Um, motion to the first conference game um, that we I, I just thought we were a little bit flat in the first half of that of that Tabor game and um, we, we kind of challenged them at halftime to, to, to pick their energy back up and, and, and be positive and um, it, they, they, they responded we had we had some great individual performances and as a group I thought we really we really did a good job and you know you're pretty much undersized against most most teams you play but you look at Saturday night two double doubles yeah. Uh, Luol Magat and Fred Watts both with double-doubles. Fred had a great week because yeah. he had a terrific game up at Bethany with a double-double there. But uh, for, you know, giving some size away, your guys are really battling on the inside. And, of course, Delvon, he's kind of a guard, but, he you know, he can sneak in there and yeah. board too. And, and, you know, you just got guys that battled. And then, you know, Dorian Page, I thought, on Saturday, finally played like the Dorian Page we kind of all – Yep. anticipated since he's been here because he's he he's finally healthy he hasn't really been healthy his whole career yeah. but i just thought he took the game over late he did and he that he was a huge part of, of why we won that game i mean he we started running some ball screen stuff up top and he started getting downhill and uh, there wasn't a whole lot Tabor could do other than foul him, <laughs> and that's and they, they, that's what ended up happening. And we got to the free throw line a lot, and that that's a big part. If we can get Dorian to keep doing that and keep attacking and and, and play with the confidence and and understand that he he can be one of the better players in this league, then um, I think that'll that'll help us a lot in the long run. And you got 26 points out of your two point guards. How many teams get 26 points from their yep, point no guard doubt. position? No doubt. I thought Josh Rivers in the first half of kept that you game, in the game. Kept us in the game. Yeah, he had I think he had 11 points in the first 10 or 11 points in the first half. And um, he he just he, he played really well there. Um, but again, I going into the season, I felt like we had two of the better point guards in the league, and I still feel like that. And I, I feel like on any given night, both of those guys can give us something. Last year, when Steve and I were talking about the McPherson High basketball team, we said that they were a streaky team. That was a word we used a lot. They were streaky. They could score in bursts, and that they could come out and all of a sudden put. 20 on you in three minutes and you look up and don't know what just happened. Yep. I don't know if it's exactly the short-term burst where I think your team has been really good at that, but it's more of the eight-minute burst where you guys have been able to put in those six to eight-minute stretches where yep. you just put it on a team and they don't know what happened, and especially in the middle part of that second half against Tabor, I feel like that will be a strong suit for this team going forward, being able to score yeah. At, for a sustained stretch of about eight minutes. Yeah, and that's and that's I think that's part of the, how how we're playing. I mean, we're just playing at such a fast pace that it can be it can be three possessions. We hit two threes, get to the free throw line a couple times, maybe create a couple turnovers, and I'm hoping that we can we can keep that keep that up. Um, I'd like to go have an eight minute streak turn into a sixteen minute streak of, of playing really well, but I feel like we're getting better every day with, with that. 
Well, as you look ahead to these two games that are coming up for you, you have friends this week, tonight, Wednesday, down in Wichita, and then on Saturday, bringing in Southwestern. Two teams that were in the top three in the KCAC last year, of course, Southwestern ended up winning the conference tournament, second in the regular season. And I think last year's friends team, in any normal year in the KCAC, probably would have been the conference champion if you take out Southwestern and Oklahoma <laughs> Wesleyan. Both those teams are a little different, though, than they were last year and lost their best players from yeah. a season ago. What do you know about Friends and Southwestern going into this week? Yeah, Friends Friends still has Poppy Conley back, who is, is probably one of the top five players in the league. Um, he, he was an All-American at Hutch Juco and, and was an all-conference player last year at, at Friends. Um, they they're they're solid. I mean, they're going to mix up their defenses. Uh, Coach Faber does a great job there. He 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 he's he really makes a lot of adjustments during games, and um, we just need to be ready for everything. Um, we need to do a good job on Conley. Zion Fralin's a kid who's been there, started for him for three years. Um, so they've got guys who have been around and, and have done it um, before. So um, and anytime you go down to friends, it's, it's, it's not an easy environment to play in, and we got to be ready to go. Um, with South, Southwestern, they've, they've reloaded. I mean, they're 0-2 right now in the league, but they've lost to Ottawa in a close game. They've lost to Bethel in a close game at Bethel, and um, they're – they're shooting the three is probably better than anybody in the league right now, and we, we need to be able to defend. And um, Coach O'Brien always wants them playing at a fast pace, so I think that game will that'll be a fun game because I think both of us want to push the pace and both of us want to get out and run and we want to shoot the ball. Um, so I think that should be a fun game on Saturday here. But you'll sleep a little easier knowing that you don't have to figure out a way to stop Cameron Hunt or Jordan Murdoch. That's right. I mean, those were two <laughs> of the best. I'll tell you though, you know, I've covered the conference for over forty years. Those are probably two of the five best players I've ever seen in this conference. And, and, and yeah, Jordan Murdoch, a 6'4", 280-pound guard. And then yep. Cameron Hunt, about a 6'5", left-handed guard that I think is playing overseas in yep. Germany or someplace. He scored it. more than 1,000 points just last year. Yeah, yeah. A 1,000-point <laughs> college yeah, it, season. Yeah, it was just insane. But uh, yeah. anyway, but things change, and these are new teams. And, yep. and uh, you know, these are games very important in the conference race because you look at the conference race right now, uh, you got a couple. You got about two or three, three and zero, or two and zero teams at the top. Southwestern's already zero and two. Oklahoma Wesleyan's already lost a game. Yep. So uh, it's anybody's conference for a while. Yep. It's. I mean, it's wide open, and every got to take one opponent at a time, and that's uh, that's what we're what we're gonna do. And friends on Wednesday, and hopefully we'll be ready, and and we'll see what we got. Well, Coach Askelton, best of luck this week, and then this weekend, and we'll see you on Saturday. All right. Thank you. Joining us now in our McPherson College Coaches Show, we're joined by Fred Watts from the McPherson College men's basketball team. We have Brittany Roberts coming up here in just a little bit, Fred, and one of our players coming up. We have two player interviews tonight, but Fred, you've had a terrific start to the season. It's been a lot of fun to watch. You've not only been great in scoring at 14 points per game, but averaging nearly 10 rebounds per game, second on the team in scoring, but been a great on the glass. So we're first in scoring, second in rebounding. Just been a really fun season for you so far. You've shown a lot of different things. You're shooting, whether it's getting to the rim. How fun has this junior season and the start to this year been for you? It's, it's the fun I've had in a long time, honestly. It's, it's just great that we have a team that, that just wants to win, wants to compete, wants to play unselfishly, and it's just – I love it. Talk about the style change this year. Uh, TJ's incorporate a more just, you know, full-court style, uh, fast-paced – the, the, you know, you're, you're a big guy, but you like to run. And one thing uh, I've noticed on uh, this kind of offense that you run, you're the trailer, 
and you love that top of the key shot. Uh, has that always been kind of your shot there? Because it just seems like uh, they really look for you in that situation. You've been knocking them down. Yeah, that's my that's my money spot. Supposedly that's what Coach says. So uh, yeah, I love that spot. That's <laughs> that's my favorite spot on the court. Really, that in the paint. And talk about the style, just the up and down. Uh, last year, you know, it was a slower pace. Uh, a lot of guys played, but uh, right now you're about an eight, nine-man rotation. But talk about how much fun it is just to get up and down the floor. It's a lot of fun, especially when you have guys like um, Dorian, Paige, Josh Rivers, and um, they can just run the floor, and they're extremely quick. So, honestly, it's just running with them, catching the rebounds that they miss, and it's just – it's amazing. And Delvon Hightower, he's kind of the old guy, and he really seems like uh, he is kind of a quiet leader, though. You guys kind of go to him for advice. He just seems to be like the uh, fatherly type. But uh, talk about Delvon. Delvon, um, he's just, he really brings the energy. He really just settles us down when we're too hyped up. He'll, he'll just make sure we're in the right mindset before games, during the games, and all in between. He leads us in practice. Like you say, he's a great leader. He actually is. I talked to him outside the game as well, but he's just a great guy. But you don't do those push-ups when your name's announced as a starter like he does. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's your relationship been like with Coach Eskelson? Was he involved in the majority of your recruiting? How, how has your relationship been like with him from assistant coach and now to your head coach? Um, I've always loved him. He's the reason I came here. First off, he talked to me. Um, I'll I just love him. I run through a brick wall for him. We talk to him about everything, about the relationships we want with him. And everybody on the team says that we will run through a brick wall for him. And it's just it's not going to change. A big first week for you. I think you had double-doubles in both games. But you guys were right there with Bethany, who's a top, considered a top three team in the conference. And then you come back home and beat Tabor. Tabor's been kind of a gold standard program in the conference the last few years. How important was it to come out of that first week one and one? It was really important because um, – after the last few years, we we didn't want to go off a bad start again. So this year, we wanted to come and make a statement, especially to bring some more fans to the games. And um, it really means a lot, especially for me to go one-on-one for the team. I can tell that with this team, you've been trying to be a little different than you were last year. And I can tell that there's a different type of physicality, different type of emotion with this team because there were some stretches at the end of the year where some teams were beating you guys and beating you bad. And it feels like you guys have taken that personally and you've been trying to take it out on some of these first couple of teams as well. I noticed it with Bethany. I noticed it on Saturday with Tabor. Do you feel a little bit of the same way with that too? Definitely. We definitely do. Um, I I hate losing. I play every <laughs> player hates losing. But um, I just wanted a change. This team is definitely a change. So, yeah, we're ready for it. And one thing about you guys, you know, we, we've talked to Coach Exclusion in the past. You know, you're probably the smallest team in the conference in terms of size. But, uh, you know, you and Luol, you're getting double-doubles every game. I mean, uh, uh, you guys are just is, – is, is rebounding a mindset, an effort thing? What What is it about rebounding that you're averaging almost 10 rebounds a game, even though you're like 6'5"? <laughs> um, it's just definitely an effort thing, definitely a mindset because – a lot of players don't want to go through all the, the physical, like, I don't know. It's just they don't want to be so physical to go fight for every round, and they want to just wait for them to come to them. So it's just basically just I want to get more than other players do. Well, Fred, tell me a little bit about your journey getting here to McPherson. I know you're from Channel View, Texas, down in the Houston area. How did you end up here in central Kansas? What was the recruiting process like, and, and how have you liked it here in McPherson? Um. 
Coach Eskin told me, saw me in um, a big tournament in Dallas, I believe, and automatically I was just, I loved him because he was just way nicer than any coaches I talked to. And um, he acted like he was more interested in me as a, a person than a player. So from there, I came up here on a visit. I knew I wanted to be here. And I've loved it ever since. I made so many connections. I love loved my teammates, love the coaches, love the people here. It's, it's just been amazing for me. Well, what are some of the rest of your goals for the rest of this season, whether it's an individual goal or a team goal, as we get closer to the Christmas break and then we'll make that home stretch? Um, individual goal for me is to be in the um, all-KCAC team, be leading and least rebounds and we are talking about for a team we want to be champions two big games this week friends in southwestern you've gone up against them many times in your career uh friends doesn't have jordan murdoch anymore southwestern doesn't have cameron hunt anymore i'm sure you're probably happy you don't have to chase those cats around but uh anyway still two very good teams yeah definitely they definitely are we can't underestimate them even just because just because they lost those those talented players but um we feel like we're going to compete, and we, we have these. Well, Fred, congrats on a great start to the season. Let's keep it rolling for a few more months. Huh? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Fred. Joining us now in our McPherson College Coaches Show, we're joined by Brittany Roberts of the women's basketball team. And Brittany is off to an unbelievable start this year with 18 points per game, 13 rebounds per game. Brittany, what has changed for you from last year to this year in terms of your mentality, your physicality on the floor? What's different here for you this year? Um, I would definitely say confidence and just knowing that, like, I can attack. And I don't know. <laughs> I just, like, worked really hard this summer and, like, really focused on changing my mentality and um, just coming back harder and just wanting it more for the team and myself. Well, rebounding is a mindset, and yeah. you've got this mindset. If a shot goes up, mm-hmm. nobody's going to get it but you. But it just seems like you're so much stronger to this year. Did you, like, lift weights in the off season, Or what did you do? Because it just seems like – you were so much stronger and quicker and faster to the basket. Yeah, um, I don't know what happened with that because I, I feel like I came back, like, weaker in the way. But then, <laughs> like, when we maxed out, like, it was higher. So I was really confused. But it's just like, like I said, it's just more of like a mindset and wanting the team, I mean, wanting the ball for my team and just, like, going after it. It's just like rebounding is just such a want and an effort. And I always just, like, keep in mind that I just don't want nobody to doubt. And it just seems like you and Danny almost have a contest yeah. who can get the most <laughs> rebounds right yeah. now. You two are among the top rebounders in the KCAC, and in fact, you're leading in rebounding. But uh, uh, do you just kind of drive each other? Do you talk about it? Say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this rebound. She'll say, No, I'm going to get this rebound. Or um, we don't ever talk about it. I think we both like just like work super hard, and like we're just both athletic. That sometimes we get caught up like even like having the ball at the same time, and just like you know, we'll be like, I got it, and she'll be like, I got it. I'm like, No, <laughs> but. It is, it is what it is. What have you thought about the beginning of this season so far? You're 5-3 and three overall, 1-1 one mm-hmm. one in conference play, and, and going into a couple more big games this week. Mm-hmm. What are some of your thoughts here early on this season for how your team's played? Um, I think we're playing really good as a team, especially like defensively. Um, I definitely think that we can go – as long as we go in with the mindset that we can like beat anybody, then I think that this season will go out, come out really well for us. It just seems like you guys have bought into this kind of scrambled defense. Coach yeah. Nichols uh, – Talk about that scrambled defense. It just seems like you look at the Bethany game, you turn, you know, they're the number three pick in the poll. You turn them over 31 times. Tabor, uh, the team you beat on Saturday, the pre conference favorite, you turn them over 24 times. Uh, do you guys kind of get jacked up, you know, to try to force 
tons of turnovers against those really good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um we try to like get because this is like a really fundamental conference, I would say. Though, so we try to like get them out of their element and make them like do stuff that they're not comfortable with, like put the ball on the floor, like just like really get into it and just get super scrappy with them. It's just like, kind of like our style of play. When it comes to preparing yourself, not just mentally, but physically for this style of defense and this style of play, and Mm -hmm. and Brittany, you're demanded to play a lot of minutes out Mm -hmm. there because of the amount of points that you can score and the defense you provide. What's going into the conditioning? What's a day in the conditioning like at practice with Coach Nichols? I know he likes to run, but does he make you guys run a ton? Yeah, this season, this preseason probably was like the hardest out of all three years. I mean, like – out of all the years I've been here, so yeah, we ran like lots of miles and just a lot of things that <laughs> things that contribute to our game. Talk about how you ended up at McPherson College. You're from Texas, and how did you end up in Kansas? How I ended up here, I was just like I was really under the radar. Um, I knew I worked really hard, but a lot of the stuff that I've gained in my game now, I've actually gotten from here. But um, Coach Angelina is the one who recruited me, and she was very persistent and just, like, really consistent with, like, me coming here. So that's why I decided. What's your relationship been like with Coach Nichols since he took over two years ago? Um, He's a cool guy. I mean, like, I don't really talk to him, like, that much outside of basketball, but I know that he, like, is, like, behind me ten toes, and, like, he's always going to have my back, and that's why I respect him. What's the future hole for Brittany Roberts after uh, mm-hmm. graduating from McPherson College? Um, I plan on going to um, get my master's in business and just see what go- goes from there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Brittany's dad has made it to a ton of games this year, and he'll come up to us and say, oh, I'm here for this game, and then, oh, I'm going <laughs> to go back home, then I'm driving back up for this game that's coming up. How fun has it been to have your dad be able to make the trip? What is it, about six hours from the Dallas area? Yeah, it's super fun. I love having him here. He's super supportive and just helps me, like, develop my game even more and just, like, really, like, instills, like, confidence in me, and it's one of the main reasons why I'm, like, in the position I am right now. Well, you guys have already proven to the entire conference we can hang with any team here. You've beaten Tabor. You've hung in there with Bethany. And Mm -hmm. how much confidence has that given this team going forward for the next 22 games of conference play? I think it's instilled a lot of confidence in us, but we also got to keep in mind that, like, um, we just can't get comfortable and just, like, don't ever be satisfied. Just being, like, just not beating Tabor can, like, obviously, like, beating Tabor was a goal, but it's like we just can't be satisfied with that. Well, Brittany, congrats on a great start to this season, and and we'll keep the expectations high, and you'll keep the rebound numbers high as well. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show tonight, we're joined by women's basketball coach Josh Nichols after a one-and-one week for his team, a 68-62 loss on the road at Bethany last Wednesday, and then a two-point win in overtime, 51-49, over Tabor here at home. Like we talked about with Coach Eskelton, you're taking on two really good teams in this conference, two of the top three, in my opinion, with Tabor and with Bethany, and you come away 1-1 one and one and had a great chance to be 2-0. and oh. It was a great week for the Bulldog women's team and almost was a perfect week. Yeah, I, I was really proud of our, our defensive effort especially, um, you know, holding Tabor, who, who's very efficient offensively, shoots the ball really well to 49 points in overtime. That was, that was pretty big. Uh, then we had a really good, solid 33 minutes at Bethany uh, defensively, and just had some, you know Bethany hit some big shots, and so uh, it wasn't so much what we were doing. Uh, when you make shots, it's really tough to defend you. Common thread for the two games was your defense. Um, you know, you do a pretty good job holding a Bethany team that can really score a lot of points, and then Tabor, the KCAC preseason favorite, uh, defending conference champion. Uh, you hold them to 49 and. They needed overtime to get to 49, but uh, that was just a really big win. But, again, 55 turnovers 
forced by your team in two games? Yeah, I think, that, you know, this year's been a little bit different as far as the defense goes because, you know, I think uh, we don't really have the personnel right now to really get the uh, the pressure up front and the front court really, really pumping. So it's a lot of... You know, it's a lot of just trying to get in passing lanes, trying to force long passes, trying to force that pass, pass to be perfect. And then in the half court, you know, I think we're playing really physical in the half court right now and forcing teams out of their comfort zone. Uh, you know, Daniel Holt's doing an amazing job defensively, individually. You know, she came up with, a, a, you know, her, her, her defensive assignment for the last two games are averaging 0.0 points a game in those two games. So It I just seems that. like she's so smart. I mean, she anticipates so well. Uh, she draws a lot of charges. Brittany Roberts draws charges. Uh, those two have just been cleaning up on the boards. And, and then out front, a player that, to me, has been kind of under the radar is Brittany Jarvis. She's got, mm-hmm. you know, she's not a speed demon, but she's got really quick hands, and she just seems to get some key steals and deflections. Yeah, she, she's in the top ten of the nation in steals right now. Okay. Um, it was kind of funny, you know, in the recruiting process, you're, you're trying to explain how we play, and this is what we do defensively. And her biggest concern was, Coach, I don't think I can play defense. And so I remind her every day, uh, yeah, you can play defense. Uh, you're doing a really good job. And she still doesn't think she's doing a good job. But, uh, you know, it's, it's that mindset that we try to we try to impose on our team is, you know, you're, you're going to be mentally tougher than that. You can do it, and you will do it. One of my favorite parts about the win against Tabor on Saturday is this was not the, the same storylines from the previous ones this season. It wasn't Brittany Roberts scoring 38 points with 25 rebounds. It wasn't this team making a ton of threes. This was your team being able to, with some of your second team, your second stringers, some of your reserves, and some of the girls that haven't been the big names this year, finding ways to get this done for you down the stretch because – Brittany Roberts had fouled out. Danny Holt had fouled out. And you were down to girls and saying, hey, time to make a play. And not only did they do it defensively, they did it offensively. They came up with big baskets yeah. for your team in the overtime. Kirsten Branscombe at the game winner. That was my favorite part of that win is that it was the girls that maybe you weren't expecting, at least maybe Steve and I weren't expecting to step up, that made big plays down the stretch. Yeah, it was really cool to, to look out on the floor and, and at the in the moment. Obviously, I wasn't there, but looking back on it, and you have three sophomores, a junior, one senior, in overtime, uh, and all five of them played such an amazing role throughout the game. But in overtime, you know, it's been a long time since I've had a point guard like Mason play 35 minutes in a, in a ball game um, to play at our speed in the defense we ask them to to play. Uh, that doesn't happen very often, um, and then you know. Haley Hurst got us off to a good start. She didn't have a, a great game up until that point, and then got the got the tip, got it into her. She made a good move, scored. You know, Ellie came up with a big uh, rebound for us, um, and then you know, um, Brittany got a good steal for us as well. And then um, you know, KB hitting that shot. It was it was kind of a it was kind of a weird thing because earlier in the week I'd called her out and I said, Hey, you're this close to having a having a breakthrough, and you know. Um, Fate would find the ball in her hands with under 15 seconds to go, and I think you know she just proved that she is on the cusp of having that big season. Well, it's nice to have Branscom and Hurst, you know, that are backups to Holt and Roberts. Uh, there's not, even though Danny and, and Brittany are tremendous, there's not a massive fall off because those yeah. are both very talented players in their own right. Yeah, and and, and KB is starting to rebound very well, uh, especially on the defensive end. Um, she started to kind of figure things out. The light bulb kind of came on uh, a couple weeks back, and, and I expect her to just keep growing and, and, and having a bigger 
year for us. And then Haley is just, again, she put so much work in on the, in the off season last year and over the summer to, you know, make herself a player. Uh, and she, she deserves all the credit. Before we dive into this week of games, I have to ask you the very important question. I'm a journalist, so I have to ask very important yeah. questions. So you received a technical on Wednesday up at Bethany. Yes. And I hear that it is worn off on members of your family. Yeah, my daughter in seventh grade picked up her first tee <laughs> <laughs> last night. She was not real happy with the officiating. So, Where'd she get that from? Uh, I, I don't know. My, my wife was like, after the game, she was just like, oh, no, don't tell me that she's taken after you. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a technical, I think, in fifth or sixth grade basketball. Somebody stole the ball from me, and they started running the other way. We were playing at the old school for the deaf in Olathe. The walls are real close, and I started chasing him and just kind of popped him in the wall and then said, see you later. So I, I, I can feel for her, and, and hopefully she won't get another one. But if she's physical, then we're all good. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that'll be her last one. Well, you look at uh, this week. Uh, we talked earlier, friends on Wednesday, mm-hmm. new coach. Yeah. Again, uh, second year in a row for a new coach. Uh, before these last couple coaches, they had one of the best programs in the country, mm-hmm. perennial top 25 team. How much, is, how much have they changed their style since Rayanne was there? Uh, when she was there, they were just incredibly physical on the defensive end. They were always the, the team that held teams to the lowest uh, point totals and field goal percentage. How have they changed under Dean? Well, you know, he's doing a lot of different stuff. If you if you watch the game film from game to game to game, it's it's almost a different defense every night. And so we got to be prepared for anything. Um, you know, they're going to put a little pressure on us. They're going to try to trap us some. They'll run some zone. Uh, you know, they'll do some box and one. They'll double team. You know, they double team Conley almost all night the other night. Every time she touched the ball, they ran another player at her and forced her to give it up. So. You know, you got to expect the unexpected defensively for them. And they, they're doing a good job of trying to mix this stuff up and making it difficult for them to scout. I know that you had a chance to see Southwestern when they came up here and played Central Christian very early on in the year. I think yeah. that was like October 23rd, yeah. long time ago. What do you know about Southwestern for Saturday? Um, very athletic team. They shoot the ball a lot better than they did last year. They got a little bit more size. Um, it's a lot of the same kids as last year, but they, the, the ones they brought in are very much helping them get over the hump a little bit. A much improved team for sure. Well, Coach Nichols, best of luck this week down in Wichita on Wednesday and then Southwestern here at home on Saturday at 3. Thank you. Wrapping up our McPherson College Coaches Show, Steve, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, this is our last one under this format where we have all the different interviews and we go an hour. After we come back from the Thanksgiving break, no show next week, once we come back, we'll go 30 minutes, and not only that, we are changing the day yeah. of the show as well. We are going to record on Thursday mornings, air on Thursday nights, and the main reason for that is that it's basketball season and those right. are our primary teams that are going. They play on Wednesdays and Saturdays, so... We don't really want to run a show that we talk about the Wednesday game as it's going on, and so we'll, we'll change our format a little bit, but looking forward to this winter season as we wrap up the fall officially today. Yeah, we had a good show today, and I always like having the student-athletes on, uh, Brittany Roberts, Fred Watts, and get their insights, and uh, boy, what welcome additions they have been uh, to the McPherson College uh, community. Well, I think they probably feel at home because you kind of have your southern draw. Well, I, I that's what everybody tells me. You I don't could know be why. a Texan. You think? You sound a little more Oklahoman. I think Louisiana is what I've been told. So. You could be a man from the bayou. Yeah, Cajun. There Raging you go. Cape, Raging Cajun. So next week we will not have a show. The following week we will go back to Thursdays, and it will be a 30-minute show where we'll have both basketball coaches as well as a couple of players every single week. So, Steve, enjoy the fall. Oh, it was great Enjoy fall. your Thanksgiving. Yeah, it should be great.
All right, we'll wrap up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. The McPherson College Coaches Show is brought to you by JAR Performance Automotive, Alliance Agency, Next Tech Wireless, and Cheatham Construction. Thanks for listening to the McPherson College Coaches Show. You can listen to the show at our podcast page at soundcloud.com slash Sports, or watch the video of all the interviews at macbulldogs.com.